Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm great. It has been a very good weekend. I'm excited to just chat and then enjoy my Sunday. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Well, I want to get your last name right. Uh, it's Freed, right? Yeah, it's Freed. Spelled okay. like fried. Okay. <laughs> I just want to get it right because I'm always nervous about that. Yeah, so this is Jordan Fried on uh, <laughs> Season 7, Episode 2 of What the Heck Richard Dweck. Uh, yeah, it's really cool like that you asked me to, you know, to be on because, you know, I always like getting comics on. And basically just what I do is I just ask people how they started in comedy and everything. And uh, so I guess we can just start there. Like, when did you start doing stand-up, man? Um, I started in May of 2012. Yeah, so it was almost 10 years ago, and it was at my high school's uh, talent show. Technically, I started the month before, um, I guess, in the audition. And technically, technically, I started the year before in the audition, but it was so terrible that I did not make the talent show. Oh, geez. So I count the talent shows the first. Right. Wow. What was your... Like, what was your was that your first time ever like performing, or were you a performer type of person? Uh, I grew up doing Odyssey of the Mind, which is basically uh, an organization where there's like eight people on this quote unquote team, and the team has to solve like a mental problem of some sort. Uh, <laughs> and they like build the sets, write the scripts and like do all the clothing stuff by themselves. Right. Um, obviously the best teams were getting their sets built by their parents with like chainsaws and shit. Right. And they had, like mad wood. <laughs> and we were just like, you're really seven years old and you did this. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that was kind of my like early foray into, Oh, I can actually like write stuff on my own and perform on my own. Like I had uh, coaches in middle school who were very like influential about comedy and being uh, like a performer in that way. So I think I've always kind of stuck to that and been like a joke writer in that way. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just saw like a bunch of stuff. So I, I looked up your stuff on YouTube and I was just like trying to look at stuff. And I saw like, I I heard in like your intro that you did improv and I did improv. So I just wanted to ask you about that. Oh yeah. So I actually did sketch comedy before I did improv at Tulane University. I was in Cat Mafia comedy, Etch-A-Sketch. Now I think they're called like Office Hours or something like that. And uh, I had a friend, John Dale, who uh, he started taking improv classes in New Orleans at the New Movement. And he was like, you got to do improv. Um, It's honestly just uh, a hack for sketch writing, and it's a lot of fun. And it's just like, if you want to be a professional comedian, like, you have to be doing that stuff because it's just a skill that you should have. And it's like, if you could... Uh, intern and get half off your classes or intern twice and get all off your classes like you should definitely do that because it's just so valuable so uh, the junior year of college like the end of junior year um, like February I started taking improv classes at the new movement and then that summer was the first summer I stayed in New Orleans when I went to school down there 
So I kind of just kept taking improv classes, interned at the new movement and uh, yeah, made a lot of friends in the New Orleans comedy community just through uh, going up through all the levels. Like my class ended up being a very odd assortment of professional actors who like, uh, it's very bizarre. Like one dude is legit on NCIS New Orleans and is the like nerdy tech guy. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was in my class, like, all five, like, classes, stuck with it. And he was just on that show the whole time. Like, very cool dude. Uh, There was another guy who is, like, a big black dude, Theo Crane, who's hilarious and has been in, like, The Walking Dead. He's been in Underground. Uh, He's been in, like, a bunch of movies here and there. Like, you'll see him popping up in a bunch of random things. And it's, like, then on top of that they were just like weird New Orleans people like my friend Benji, who's like uh, an indie artist who plays like rock, folk, funk, pop, like some weird music that like I can't even describe sometimes, but it's just like magical. And then like a lawyer and like uh, just a teacher, like people like that too. So then you you get a really well-rounded class. And that's what I always loved about improv. Right. Just like you get a wide range of people and skill levels and just like life experiences. Cause like I've always oh, yeah, been the young guy in comedy. Like I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like getting older and feel like the old guy in the room. Oh, yeah. Me too. I, when I started <laughs> doing stand up, uh, well, I was like 16 when I did improv. I did local improv and where? it was very popular at this local improv that I did. And uh, then when I started doing stand up, which was my initial goal, but we didn't have stand up like really in my area of like it was really not until around that time of like 2014 that it started to come around to my hurry and then 2015 I started but it was like I started at 22 so it was like just crazy to think like now I'm gonna be 28 in yeah on the 28th and it's like you know it's crazy just how like you go from that like oh I used to be like literally like younger than everyone and now it's like I'm one of the older people. <laughs> oh yeah, the people the people who are my age now are just the people who have kids and families now, and like some of them still do comedy. Some of them kind of are just like I have other things. Right. Some of them aren't with us. Yeah. yeah. Do uh, <laughs> Do you have any like specific characters that you had when you did uh, improv? Uh yeah, like I I always had like. I was definitely like the stoner guy because like when other people would lean into stoner characters because for them it was like being exotic sometimes. Right. But like I smoke a ton of weed. So like I always felt very comfortable playing (laughs) like the stonery characters and being able to play that. I also like played a lot of like idiots who were just like had big hearts, you know, Mm -hmm. like like they meant well, but they just didn't know what they were doing kind of a thing. That tended to be my type of character because I think most people do mean well in life, but right. uh, most people just aren't capable of like understanding the world, whether it's their education, whether it's where they came from, whether it's just like they're fish out of water, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That. So uh, I I've only done like sketch with friends. I've never done like a formal like class. What's the differences between like doing improv and doing sketch? Uh, doing improv, uh, the crowd wins, the moment wins. Right. Like, uh, if, 
if you say something in the moment and the crowd validates it, then like you just keep moving, you know, um, right. you're really judging it based off of the crowd. When you're doing sketch, you're in a writer's room. So like you're going up against a bunch of other people and like it is collaborative, but it's also very competitive. And like oddly enough, like improv forces you to get along in ways that I think like sketch does not force you to. Right. Um, and like we're in a very polarized society. So like I think a lot of people have very different styles of humor. Oh, and yeah. like I respect so many different styles of humor, but sometimes it's tough to like write sketch with like larger groups of people because all of a sudden uh, everybody has a different idea about how it could be amazing. And like everybody wants to take it in their own direction. And like the compromises don't even seem clear because there's right. so many great ideas. So it must have been very like freeing for you to when you did stand up to actually have like sort of a whole range of material to write for yourself and be like, this is my time now that I can do this. Oh, yeah, there's th there's definitely been times where I could have gotten totally out of stand up. Cause like I do video production and film stuff too. I produce people's podcasts, but uh, I've always like tried to keep stand up going no matter what, just because a like it's good for my mental health. Like I feel good. Like it feels like it's a muscle. I don't know if I oh, like, yeah. trained myself when I was young to like uh, annoy myself if I don't get up on stage. And now it's just like ingrained in me. But there is something about being able to just write something in the moment in that day and say like, ah, oh, I could go up and say it somewhere. And uh, that is like a liberty that comics have it as artists that a lot of artists don't have. Right. Um, musicians can kind of do that if they want to go find like an open mic or a venue or they're touring and they just add something in last minute. Right. But film, television, like all of that is highly planned and like right. it does not vary whatsoever. And when you have comedians, they could go off the rails. They could be having a mental breakdown. Like I like to keep stuff as different every show as possible and like as loose as possible just so that like it, you get craziness in different directions. Right. Just because like people aren't coming to see you to see like a pop a pop star like a boy band that's going to play the songs exactly how you hear them right and then go home after an hour like they want to see like a punk show they want to see the grateful dead like they want to see like something where like there's guitar solos going on or people are going off on these riffs that they never thought were possible like when you're a comedian i think your job now is to kind of give people the moment and like make people remember that they were at a thing you know right they were at yeah. an event or if they're watching online like you really have to innovate and do something new i think yeah yeah that's it's a really great answer <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh so who were your like influences for comedy growing up uh like a lot of people my age dane cook was like the biggest thing happening in comedy oh, yeah. like when oh, i was yeah. getting into it oh yeah um so it is kind of funny like it was already to like it the shark was already kind of jumped you know right. like once dane cook was like putting all of his stuff on myspace and the internet like everybody had access to just like everything as it was happening and he was just being as crazy as possible, selling out Madison Square Garden, just being as big as possible. But then, like, 
he got almost got too big that everybody was able to rip him off and like be a better him in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and you kind of saw it. And like, now we kind of are getting into a place where it's like less about the craziest thing and more about like the most unique stories, I guess, in stand up and kind of how, uh, like different people's lives vary and like the kind of changing times that we're going through. And right. like that's more where comedy's going now as opposed to like the old school comedy where people were trying to break new boundaries. Cause like yeah. there's not really a lot of new boundaries going on right now. Cause like everything's been talked about by Richard Pryor or fucking Lenny Bruce or something. And people right. are just kind of regurgitating it in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it is really about just like what feels new today and like what comes through your head today, what comes through your head like in that month what's like your story and how you like cement yourself as the Shakespeare kind of figure. Right. Cause like as a comedian, you are kind of the figure too, you know, whether you like it or not, if you don't have like a full on character on stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the thing that like think about always like with what finding your voice on stage and everything is just like such a hard thing to do. And it just changes so much, you know, you know, it's like, I'm six years in, so, like, I feel like I have it, and then you feel like you don't, and it's like, do you, was it, did you feel comfortable on stage when you moved to stand-up, or was it, like, a completely different genre to you? Like, for me, it was completely different. Like, I just realized that right <laughs> away. Like, oh, this is completely different. So, I actually started with stand-up. Oh, you started with stand-up. Oh. Yeah, I started with stand-up, so, <clears throat> to be honest it's just been tough like being a growing and evolving human being being like in oh, general. Yeah. I think like uh I started when I was like just turned 17 right so like basically all of my thoughts going into stand-up were like 15 and 16 year old thoughts right. then eventually like I was getting down with like the college stuff. So like, obviously I was being introduced to a lot of new stuff and now like I'm just in Jersey kind of hanging, you know, right. Uh, kind of in a suburban world, like finding where the money's at kind of a thing, like finding right. where uh, <laughs> like the opportunities are at, like most people my age. So right. I don't know. I'm trying to like live life more and not like be too obsessed with the, stand up like grind right now because like i don't want to miss out on like life experiences and then like not be able to talk about anything because i'm just fucking grinding and stand up so hard oh yeah that's that's <clears throat> you know that's healthy it's like you know you kind of want to find that balance of like living your life enough to tell jokes but you don't want to like be like on all the time it can be really exhausting uh when you started around that age did you like i started young too did you feel like you got along with other comics pretty well like fit in pretty well or was there a yeah so i'd say the hudson valley scene was very kind to me like they definitely um would see me as their sons i'm sure uh like i had a lot of very supportive people from a young age uh who have like moved to different places like uh eric duffy who's like now in north carolina like i specifically remember him being very cool up front uh dave lovey like r.i.p he right. was like a tattooed motherfucker i don't know if you ever met him but he moved out to california and passed away uh. but like just comics like that like when i was really young and in the bars and like 
not had no desire to drink was not like obsessed with that shit yet <laughs> but right. um was literally just like obsessed with the comedy and the craft and they were just very cool to me and like there was a time when uh there was like a hudson valley podcast guy uh steve reifenberg like he did the hv funny podcast for a bit uh-huh when he would like interview a bunch of Hudson Valley comics. And like, I saw him at an open mic one time and like was jokingly like talking smack with him. And like on his podcast, he like blew it out of proportion and like talked a lot of shit about me. And like a lot of comics in the scene, like came at him and shit like that. And then like came to my defense. So like, I've had a lot of people who have supported me. Like I didn't ask anybody to do that. Right. Shit like that. And like, I've made up with that dude since. And like, we're, we're very close. Like when we talked in the past, like I haven't talked to him in a long time because he's like on dad life now, but hasn't right. really been around the comedy scene. But um, it was moments like that where I was like, yeah, like I do feel like I'm very supported by the Hudson Valley comedy scene. And like, there are people who have been around forever, like Dave Satic, like Dan DiMarino, like right. Eric uh, Albert, who have just been running like Slaughter stand-up stuff for so long and given a lot of young comics opportunities to get their first paid gigs, get their first gigs where they get to bring out their friends and family. Right. Um, and just like stuff like that was just very cool. And then when I went off to college, I was in New Orleans, which is a big city. And I got knocked down a couple of pegs for sure. Cause like right. the comedy scene is definitely woker than the Hudson Valley scene is. And uh, definitely tolerates a little less cause they are a very liberal city and a very diverse city. And yeah, I was I heard, definitely I uninformed about the world. <laughs> um, but that's also made me, I think a better person and a better comic in a lot of ways, because like I did get, uh pissed at times definitely in like my sketch comedy group and other times like being told that i'm being like an asshole for trying to like push boundaries and stuff like that but like just like years later i just feel so stupid about it and like just like people were just trying so hard to like get through to me that it wasn't just like about like a freedom of speech thing it's just like you're literally like making jokes that just make people feel shitty because of their experiences that are lived in life and like you by being not experienced in this stuff like you're hurting people by trying to make jokes about it and like i know you're trying to mean well but like you're just not meaning well by keeping making jokes like this right and like it took a lot of people to tell me that i was getting out of hand but like i was young you know, and I right. was influenced by a lot of like very famous comedians at the time who were just like, yeah, freedom of speech, like fucking be offensive, like rape jokes. Yeah. And like, I didn't know shit. Like, I didn't know anybody who had been sexually assaulted. I didn't know like any of that shit. I was fucking 16 and like didn't right. have any friends who were women at that time, you know. Right. Uh, so it definitely took like living in the world and like being an adult and being like a less awkward teen and like. <clears throat> just knowing that some things you don't joke about if you don't have to, because like, why? Um, right. And that's kind of like where I'm at in that like world and just like maturing. But they, they definitely like taught me a lot of lessons in new Orleans, made a lot of friends. Like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people who I wouldn't have expected to have been nice to me in new Orleans were very kind to me in new Orleans. Right. Um, yeah. It was very chill, you know? 
there's no reason for them to like a Yankee from Warwick, New York, who came into New Orleans to do stand up and learn film at Tulane. But there were people who were very kind to me. And I like to think that I put kindness back out into New Orleans and tried to collaborate as much as possible with New Orleans people. Like I worked a lot of jobs in New Orleans outside of like comedy and film stuff. I was just right. working at delis and pizzerias and shit. And that sort of blame experience mostly giving you stuff to talk about on stage and, you know, everything. So that's really, like, interesting to hear, like, you talk about learning, like, how to do, like, offensive comedy well. Like, when I when I listened to your stuff, when I watched your stuff, it was very, uh, like, in a good way, it was very much, I was surprised at how refined it was, like. Yeah, it was very calming. I was like, oh, was like laid back. <laughs> like, you know, and you have really good premises, too. I was like, when you're getting people to laugh on premises, that's like really, really good. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So do you feel like you're. So when you when you first did stand up, what, what was it like? What was like, like your first time on stage like? oh my god my first time on stage was amazing like I legit did push-ups like out in the hallway outside the auditorium went up on stage to people like chanting my name and it was like the biggest crowd that I've ever done comedy for and probably will ever do comedy for right (laughs) did like three minutes of jokes like had to take out a couple of jokes because they were too offensive for the talent show right and then and then like got off the stage and it was like amazing yeah no it was sick like that was probably the reason why i stuck with it like if it was a horribly like embarrassing experience that would have been probably terrible for me but it worked out decently well right yeah was uh so when after the talent show like when did you do stand-up again like uh so i was asked by sean Houlihan, who was a comic who also was in my hometown warwick uh Ah. Also, Eric Fole is from Warwick, too, if you've ever met him. Uh, he's very funny. Uh, but Sean Houlihan was like, oh, I did uh, stand-up at a like charity talent show. And he was like, we should go do it at an open mic. So we called some open mics that were in the area to see if they had comedy. And like, there's one going on at CV's Hideaway that looked promising, but they kept being like, uh, Paul's out of town. Paul's in Paul's in Ireland. He's probably never coming back. So we were just like, oh, so that like Mike doesn't seem like it's coming back. So then we found this Mike uh, up in like, I don't know, like Highland, New York or something. I don't know if that's the right town, but it was like the new Cavoo was the name of the place. Mm-hmm. And it was like right by a skydiving place. So like there were people like jumping out right outside. Uh, and we like pulled up and there was one guy there who was like a musician who ran the mic and then there was another guy who was wearing a full-on suit bleach blonde hair and he was like hey guys are you guys here for the mic like are you i'm a comic and we were like oh cool and he was like i'm steve pickles and we were like oh okay or he was like i'm mr pickles i couldn't i couldn't remember if he was mr pickle or steve pickle right uh but yeah, he went on stage and like had a very, 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 very hack set. It was very, uh, <laughs> but like, but we were kids, so Makes like sense. we were yeah. just like, this is weird, whatever. And then like one or two people walked into the bar, but maybe there were like three people at the bar. So this is after I did my massive like talent show set. Then I just tried to do this set at this bar, 
and they were not having it. That was my first time being heckled. Like, right. it, it was very trash. Like, Sean actually got some laughs a little bit, but they they ate me alive. Right. But we, we both got kind of eaten alive, and I think we both realized that we were like, oh, we, we're okay with that. Like, we could keep doing it. So right. we eventually uh, – Paul, Paul didn't come back from Ireland for a long time. Uh, Paul ended up <laughs> becoming the – uh, bartender at Taft when he did come back, but uh, we ended up going to CV's Hideaway, and that was like where I met Dan D Marino because he was running the CV's Hideaway mic, and that was like uh, bi-weekly and on Thursday nights. So like my senior year of high school, I was just there literally every other week, um, just learning how to be a stand-up, learning how to get attention because people were just talking the whole time and gave no fucks right um but wait what was the original question my question was just like when did you next like do it like i'm just like the yeah beginning story of like what you did and like how how do you feel do you feel more comfortable well you should but like do you feel more comfortable on stage now opposed to then or is it still like do you still have the same type of nerves and stuff i do it's just a different type of pressure, I think. Right, though. yeah. Um, That's the way I explain it, too. Because, like, just the more years you do it, like, the sillier you feel if you bomb. Like, it, the bomb doesn't feel bad, but, like, reflecting badly on yourself feels bad. And, like, right. people seeing you who are, like, your contemporary seeing you do poorly makes you feel bad. And, like, thinking you might not perform to the level that you want to perform at. Right. At a specific show is also tough because it's like i don't know i produce my own shows and like when bookers i know and have like been on shows like in the past reach out to me like i always do the shit but like i'm not really grinding in the mic now that like covid happened just because right, like i don't want to just be in a germ like pool <laughs> all the time right um but uh yeah it's just like the nerves of like living up to what I've seen myself do in my best times, I think is like the hardest part. Right. And like knowing that I'm best when I do it a lot, but like yeah. also knowing that like, I don't need to expose myself to like 200 extra people, like two feet away from me, like a week, you know, like to do an open mic every night when like I have, if I have two shows in a week or something like that. Right. And that uh, yeah. it's just like the safety of that going on. Also just like, I have a girlfriend. Like I have other things. Yeah, that, right. Like, yeah. People, people want my time at night, uh, which is definitely something that I'm learning how to balance more and figure out how to do comedy and have like a life at the same time. Which, like, it was easy when I was a 17 year old and I didn't do shit. Like that was the right. perfect thing to do because I was just like, I want to be. Please give me more shows, like every single night, anytime. Right. And like, I still lo love doing stand up in that way, but like the open mic stuff definitely does not feel uh as nostalgic as it used to uh it definitely feels like just more uh yeah it's it's tough sometimes just like being at bars like struggling with alcohol sometimes and being like i, I really don't need to be here drinking <laughs> like right. all night <laughs> sitting here and just like waiting for my eventual death when there's nobody here right. <laughs> or like trying to impress people <laughs> right yeah um, do um so uh have you been it seems like consistent have you been getting on shows consistently like even through covid and stuff like that 
Um, yeah, like I do stuff here and there, like because I I do the show at Weedman's Joint Late Night Hump. Uh, right. it's the first, second, and third Wednesday of the month in Trenton, and like. That show is very far away from comics I know. So, like, I'm pooling a lot of comics who I've never met before um, and getting a lot of recommendations from people I haven't really met before. Right. Um, which sometimes is very great. Like, I meet very wonderful comics, and sometimes I meet crazy people who I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I put this on this person on off of a recommendation. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is this is insane that i i'm watching this right now and that's also the good thing about it being the weed joint is that like if crazy shit happens like you're just okay with it you know like it's just part of being high (laughs) but um yeah i like have done some random shows in like philly and like random places in new jersey and like upstate new york um yeah but definitely in general, the shows have been like slow-ish. I was also doing improv shows for a little bit in New York City, but just in general, like I think a lot of people are just being wiser about the time they go out, and like not a lot of people are just going out to be at comedy shows. So like, oh yeah, anytime you do have a big crowd at a show, you're just kind of happy, and you're just kind of like, all right, that was probably the show I was meant to have, and then. I'm probably not going to have a good show for a month or two where there's going to be people there just because COVID is fucking right. crazy. Yeah. Um, and like people really don't know what to think right now and like what's safe and what's not safe. <laughs> right. Yeah. We came back super quick. Like our like area of New Jersey when we did yeah. comedy, we came back like it was like four months. We came back. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, super quick. And uh, yeah, so it was. So, yeah, the. um. Do you do any, like, Zoom shows or anything like that? Any online stuff? Uh, I used to do more Zoom shows. Uh, I have some friends at Stoner Morning Show who do telethons sometimes, and I'll hop on their telethons and do some, like, pseudo-podcasting stand-up type stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I also did, like, at the beginning of COVID, I did the Rude Zoom Bar, which was, like, an interactive... Uh, bar through the tiny cupboard right i heard of that yeah yeah and that was like an interesting experience just kind of interacting with people in the group um and just like seeing what kind of the metaverse is going to be in the future which like i don't know i think i'd be more leaning towards doing metaverse comedy to be honest like (laughs) if somebody walked into like an avatar stand-up show like i might do i would do like open mic if there were like actual audience people watching in the crowd like at a metaverse show that sounds kind of sick um but yeah in general i've been trying to just write more do more film stuff do more podcasting stuff do more uh just like videos in general sketches um like late night hump sketches and just like podcasts yeah like that seems what people how people are consuming comedy now right where do you put your sketches at? Uh, it's all on YouTube and Instagram. You can find it at Late Night Hump is like the tag everywhere. And then LNH Studios is like the official term and like the LLC. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, LNH Studios is kind of like the film production wing of it. And we do podcasts out of that, which like I produce some people's podcasts and then also have my own podcast sessions with Mary Jane. Oh. And- the morning shower 
So like those two are very fun. One of them, we smoke weed. The other one's like a morning news podcast where we just do like weekend update style jokes kind of before the late night hosts get to them. Um, And then, yeah, that's kind of it. I'm just, yeah. So your podcast, uh, the one that you smoke weed, when did you start that one? Uh, that one's going on like a year, year and a half now, I think. Yeah. And I do that with Rena Ezra and Brendan O'Brien of Late Night Hump. Uh, they've actually taken over a lot because I've had to uh, work on Tuesday nights when we shoot it usually. But yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've talked to a lot of really spectacular guests. Like we've talked to professional wrestlers. We've talked to people in the weed industry. We've talked to um lawyers like professional athletes yeah it's been very chill wow you yeah i i I really want people to check out sessions with mary jane because like there's a lot of really great interviews hidden in there a lot of cool people giving their stories and like i think a lot of people are definitely uh tired of like celebrity interviews because it's just like right i i've heard this story 800 times oh you just did tv a lot oh you just did movies a lot like that sounds really fun man like oh you just acted and auditioned a lot that sounds really fun man like i think people want to start like hearing the stories of like normal people and like crazy lives of uh the day-to-day people and like podcasting really allows you to branch out into your local comedian and find like the local legends right uh you said something that mentioned something that kind of piqued my interest because i'm a wrestling fan i wanted to know who were the wrestlers that you interviewed oh god uh she was uh i can't use my phone because we're using it right now right um i think her name was tara oh yeah 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 do you already know yeah yeah word yeah yeah uh yeah she wasn't like one of the main leagues but she definitely knew a lot of the main league people right uh, so it was very cool to hear her talk about that. And also her uh, partner is like a massive bodybuilder also. So like having them both there was a very interesting conversation. And I met them because like the bodybuilder uh, partner is uh, the bouncer at Weed Man's Joint. Oh. So like I knew him through that, which like at Weed Man's Joint, I just meet the most insane people and like in the coolest way like just right the you you never know who smokes weed like it's like grandmas it's like teenagers it's like fucking like not teenagers because you have to be 21 to right. smoke weed there but but like very young people very young yeah. and uh there's also just like college professors and then like people who are still kind of like on the black market doing bad things like but they want to get their weed at the easy place to get weed like it's very funny yeah (laughs) Yeah. i yeah it i've i've only smoked weed a couple times you know it's so funny it's like i have anxiety so it's just like sometimes it helps sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. to me it's just so funny like uh how like bad i am with it i'm just like you know i always make like the weirdest excuses not to do it like, <laughs> i'll be like when someone tells me like offers me up like i don't have enough food in my house <laughs> <laughs> valid valid <laughs> but i have a couple of, like jokes in my stand about doing it and how like it just makes it more awkward and but i love hanging out with comics that smoke weed it's always the 
and it's always the coolest. Like they always have the best type of like sense of humor and stuff. Like I did an episode of my podcast with two guys that I'm that are like really into it. That I did an episode of my podcast because I have a a series that I started uh, a couple months ago, like a second series called like Comedy Breakdown, where I talk about a comedian with uh, with like a couple comics, and I get their opinions on the comedian. And we did a uh, Mitch Hedberg. Nice. And that was like a really fun episode. And uh, yeah, so it's just cool. Like that's he's one definitely thing. my he's definitely one of my idols. Yeah, he's definitely like the guy. Oh like, yeah. I said Dane Cook was like the first person who was around, but like Mitch Hedberg was like the guy who I like followed and like looked up to and was like that guy is the guy. Right. Yeah. 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 There's Sorry. some people. Were you a uh uh are you a Doug Benson person? Uh not really. I don't really follow his stuff too much. I'm I'm just kind of on my own smoking weed. Right. Stuff. <laughs> Obviously he does the same shit right. uh in his own way. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's kind of interesting right now we're going through like, uh, like New Jersey comics are kind of in the weed and like mushrooms right? Like, bender right now, which like, I think is kind of cool. Like, I definitely think like mushrooms are having a moment right now. Oh yeah. I uh, definitely see that a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know. Artists are the people who are supposed to take the psychedelics and be like to other people, take them like once a year, take them like five every once every five years or whatever, you know. Right. So I like to be part of that also with my comedy to be like, yeah, man, take psychedelics, like it's part of life, like find out the magic, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it just gives you stuff like those experiences. That's what all that it is with stand up is giving yourself experiences and things to do, and. uh you know, you can't do that all the time. You got with life, but it's like, you know, it's cool. So, um, what's your, uh, are your fam? Is your family like supportive of your comedy? Uh, yeah, for the most part, like my parents don't come to it a lot anymore, but they used to when I was younger. Um, yeah, they're pretty supportive. My brother is like a lot more serious and like normal nine to five type guy, like get a dog, right. get a family, make a lot of money type person. So <laughs> like, I think they like that. He's more like that. So that uh, <laughs> if my dreams fall and f- fail terribly, like it doesn't really matter because they, they got another one. <laughs> well, also, it seems like you have like your head shit, like you have a lot of like, you're very determined. Like you're, you, you were, you mentioned working and going to school and stuff that must've been like reassuring to them that it was working out at least. Yeah. I think like now that I like now I'm full-time like contractor, like doing production freelancer type thing. So I think like now it makes some sense to them. And like, uh, they were always somewhat supportive because my dad was a teacher um so he understood that like you you, like you you nurture these passions because like passion is how you like learn things you know right um and my mom was always very supportive of everything i did like they would just get worried because it stresses me out comedy like it's just not the part and uh it's tough like it makes you need a therapist doing comedy. Like people say comedy is their therapy. Like comedy makes me need a therapist because like, it's so frustrating sometimes, like just the grind and like the opportunities missed or the opportunities 
that other people get that you're just like, well, why am I not getting these opportunities? How do I change myself? What do I do? Like, why am I not enough? Like, how many times a week do I have to be going here? Like, who do I have to pay to get me in here? Like, right. Exactly. Like so many things that you go through when it comes down to it. And like all that stuff is just so counterproductive to like being yourself, which is what helps people be successful in comedy. So I've tried to like get my life together more so just because like I got to points where like my mental health was just so bad that it was just derailing my comedy nonstop because I just could not think of anything that wasn't like just psychopath. (laughs) just like crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's always been like, the opposite of that is so weird like people i always admire can take breaks i could never do that and i could probably do it now if i needed to but like i used to not and it's like stand-up you know it's always a it sounds so sad when i say it but i don't really mean it to be like sad but it's like i feel like the best way to put it is like i feel like it's like being a superhero doing stand-up it's like you're a normal person and then that's what you do and it makes people happy and it's the thing that you're good at that you can just do do you feel like with do you do you do that? Do you take breaks and stuff like mentally wise, mental health wise? Uh, yeah. Like I don't I don't know if I ever make like uh definite partitions, but like there have been eras in my life where I've like stepped away from stand up, whether I've liked it or not. Like I got very busy during college, uh, a couple of month periods at a time, but. It was always in the back burner. Like, I've right. always seen myself as a comic. Um, uh, yeah, like, I've always been a comic who does film, a comic who is a writer, a comic who acts. Like, that's how I see myself. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think the breaks that I take are just because of COVID now, to be honest. Right. That's, like, been the biggest breaks. And I've liked it. I like that um, there is an excuse to not be on stage sometimes you know right Uh, it's good to give myself the ability to not be on stage like i'm definitely going to get my booster and then once i get my booster i'm gonna go a little wild on stage but um until that moment i'm kind of using the holidays to be reflective again and kind of figure out how i want to go into this year like right about to be 27 so it's kind of my 27 club year right Got got to make that album eventually. Got to make the mark because you don't know if you live longer than twenty seven. So, oh I don't yeah, know. it's one of those I mean, things. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear you talk about that because, uh, like, that's one of my goals is to come out with an album eventually. And I have a friend, a couple of friends who have done albums. Do you think like you have enough material like to do that? Um. I definitely have enough material if I'm like using everything, but I definitely don't have like the following for that kind of a set yet. Like I definitely need to do more like headliner sets in the next year, which is like kind of what I'm moving towards. Like at weed man's joint, there are some nights that I go on for like 40 minutes to an hour just because like other comics bail or something like that. And then I end up having to fill time because it's pretty far for some people going out to Trenton. Right. Um, And like when I do that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could definitely do some kind of like psychedelic stoner special. And like that would be the perfect thing to do right now. Yeah, that sounds like Um, it would be really, really cool for you to do that. That would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, it's just one of those things where uh, the world has just changed a lot in the last like three years, and it's tough to like get enough stage time right now to like get an album out with like yeah material because like I would love I would love to like get an album out in the summer and like shoot it at the end of the summer but that would be dependent on like the world opening up very completely like by february and stuff which like i think is possible but it also might not happen so i'm kind of just keeping my fingers crossed and trying to uh, keep myself as healthy as possible so i survive to whatever the the after world is (laughs) right yeah so do you have uh this is gonna come out uh on the 12th uh do you have anything coming up um yeah the last uh nj Weedman's joint of the month is coming up on uh i think it's gonna be the 15th uh that if that's the third wednesday of this month and we're back there every first second and third wednesday of the month in trenton new jersey <clears throat> it's honestly like the disney worlds of weed so like if you smoke at all it's like an event to go out there and it's a lot of fun um other than that i uh i'm also in miami december 30th at the joint of miami doing a show um but other than that i don't really have too many shows on the agenda kind of seeing how COVID is right. uh, i'm probably going to be in philly a fair amount in the new year so if there's any Philly people who are listening to this, uh, I'll be out there. And yeah, probably bouncing around Brooklyn, New York, uh, the Hudson Valley, New Jersey, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and more. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Uh, so um, the thing we usually talk about, because you mentioned it earlier, uh, do you have any like stories of like crazy heckler experiences oh yeah um when i when i started out i was just like skinny as fuck i still am skinny as fuck but uh, i was skinny as fuck as like a kid and like could not grow a beard or anything so like people just went in on me but uh once i started to like be ready for the hecklers and respond to the hecklers i think that got me to like the next level of stand-up comedy for sure because like even like other comics would heckle me, which like that is like not shit I fuck with whatsoever. No, that's but not like when I, I was. It, when, it always when, depends to me. That's like the way that it comes from. Like if it's in like a bullying way, it's like never a good thing. Yeah, like it, it's just not necessary. Like you, you have your time on stage and like, right. Yeah, you know you got like you can't fuck with people while they're on stage. That's not a thing to do. Yeah. And like. like you, people would always talk through me. So like, that was also something that I've always like tried to get around and also like put myself in the best situations with, because like just talking over me is just like something that is tough with a lot of Hudson Valley shows, because like you're doing shows at bars where people don't know that the shows are supposed to be going on. So like, you know, you have to give them quality stuff that they're actually going to want to hear. That's not going to like, piss them off that you're saying it but like you want to get their attention right so, like being able to respond to people sometimes can end up being the best jokes that you have in your entire set 
Oh, and yeah. Then, like also getting people to listen to you when they're talking is sometimes the best way to just shut down yeah. players and to like talk about stuff that people actually want to hear and like making sure you're like looking at people's faces so that if yeah. you're going down a path and they're not liking it, that you just like trash it because like some people just don't want to hear that masturbating joke. And like, if you keep going with that masturbating joke, you're about to lose the entire audience for the right. rest of the night. And like, you, you can die on that ship if you really want to do it. Yeah. But like, if you want to be funny, you wouldn't, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like to me, that's always the thing now is like, I used to be like so soft. And now when I'm like going to get heckled, I'm so ahead of it now that I'm like, the far end where i'm too mean it's like you got to find that perfect like place because people do like aggression a little bit like when you're on stage they like you to have a little bit of like a thing of like okay this guy can at least stick up for themselves but it's always a thing did you ever have like that type of thing like how was your usual like response you usually stay low-key like you doing your set like uh i usually i usually guilt the people in the audience yeah it's more it's more my character not to be like a tough guy i think yeah so i i usually just like usually like i'm sarcastically polite to people and like if that doesn't work like i don't know i usually just say fuck it and like a lot of times i don't give hecklers like the time of day because if you give them the time of day like they think that they're able to interact more right that's like i I was at a show where like every single person interacted with the heckler and then i had to go up and i was just not interacting with her right like like it was weird because i wasn't the person i didn't interact with her and everybody wanted me to interact with her you could tell like people were yeah. looking like when is she when is he gonna comment on her when is he gonna comment she just keeps talking at him but i just won't do it like you don't negotiate with terrorists <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good thing to say <laughs> that's a good thing to say that's a great response to that you know <laughs> Good shape with terrorists. <laughs> it's basically what bar, bars are full of crazy people who like want you to fight them and want you right. to throw a punch. You know, you don't have to be somebody who throws the punch. You could just watch them like instigate in the corner and right. punch themselves. Yeah. It's like uh that's why I always have like that mix of like I like like performing in bars is always a thing that you're gonna have to do as a comic. It's like, you know. That's why I love, like, the rare times when I can do, like, coffee shops and stuff. Have you done a lot of, like, any, like, coffee shops? Oh, yeah. Like, especially after college when I moved back home with my parents, like, I would do any coffee shops when I was in the Hudson Valley and there was an open mic. Like, there was the Tuscan Cafe mic that was there for a long time in Warwick. Uh, That was very tough because, like, people are not that drunk and there's kids. So, like, you can't say, like, very vulgar stuff. Or anything. Um, Yeah, and even, like, New York City cafes are just very good shows. Because, like, sometimes when you're at a bar, people are rude. But when you're at a cafe, people are all quiet. So, yeah, uh, it is almost better than bars sometimes. Uh, I I feel like it's, like, a step above library shows. Yeah. Like, at least cafes, people are uh, in there for random reasons. But the library, you're just kind of getting people who saw a sign at the library. Yeah. To me, it's like I always like it kind of makes your inclination to be more artsy. To me, that 
it's always what happens. It's yeah. Like, oh, I want to be more artsy and smart with my material. But I'm fucking idiots. So get... <laughs> like, oh. But like this wordplay joke that I do. It's like, that's the way that I'll do it. This gets yeah. no <laughs> shit and this gets nothing at a bar. I'll do this bit that's, you know, more wordy and it'll work. And uh, yeah, I always have that like, that preference, I guess, of uh, what's the weirdest place that you've done comedy at? What'd you say? Who? Uh, weirdest place. Weirdest in what way? Like, I just mean, like, if it was, like, a mic or a show, like, what type of venue, like, you weren't expecting it to be, like, you weren't expecting it to be good, and it worked out, I guess. Hmm. Uh, one of the weirdest places was definitely, I did a set, my first half hour set was in a dorm at college, and that was, like, dumb as shit, and, like, a very bad idea, but it worked out fine, I think, and I think there are some random people who, like, Probably will one day, like, remember that and be like, oh, yeah, I remember how far you've come. And, like, oh, you got people to laugh sometimes kind of a thing. But right. it was, like, very bad. And then there was, like, another one that uh, – what was the – I'm trying to think. The uh... – I did, like, another show on campus that, like, I organized – and it right. was more just like a showcase show kind of a thing. Uh, and it was like a fundraiser show uh, just in this random ass building on campus. And that was actually a really fun show. And I invited like some New Orleans comedians and they just like went on the show because they were just like, oh, it's free stage time. And like that was when I learned that like most comedians will just be your friends if you hook them up. Like if you like like a comedian and think they're super funny, like and say like come be on my show like a lot of times it'll just be like hell yeah and then all of a sudden you're you know these people at like a more personal level yeah that was the cool thing that i saw my friends like when covid started to happen and they started having like you know more well-known comedians do their shows it was like oh they'll just do your show because they just they wanted they do comedy they just want to do comedy they're not picky and they're not like you know for the most part from what I've experienced people are very nice like everyone that I've had on this podcast that is way more established like I saw that you're friends with him on Facebook so you probably know him as uh Giammarco oh yeah 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 I had him on he was so nice and uh like it's just it's so cool to have that to have people like that you see and you're like oh they're a good person <laughs> like, yeah i i hosted some shows with him when he was like kind of starting out because like i was doing a lot of those like uh like eastville comedy club like 6 p.m shows and like hosting those and like he would come on to them sometimes and like he was just kind of like the theater kid he was just like getting into stand-up and he's like kind of on the come up it's very interesting yeah see how things happen because then i had him on then like three weeks later like he got his comedy central half hour and it was like oh that's so cool and like i had a feeling like something like that would happen to him because it was just like he's just been you know killing it in new york and everything and doing it so when i had him on it was just like oh this is so cool and that's what i've had like when i've had other people on it's just like oh to be able to interview people and like i'm glad that you reached out because i'm always like just trying to find like Anyone that wants to do it, like any community that wants to do it in any area. So I hope that you had a good time. 
Oh, no, this is a blast. Thank you so much. It's on to you. And uh, so I'll just wrap up with this. Uh, what's your uh, social media stuff? Uh, at jfreeze, J-F-R-E-E-E-Z-E. Um, and you can find everything at latenighthump.com, at latenighthump. Um, that's where you can find shows, videos, our films. We're releasing a bunch of short films and stuff in the next year. Uh, we just won the, the audience award at the Cannabis Culture Film Festival with Knock. So we're going to be releasing Knock soon on latenighthump.com and YouTube probably at the LNH Studios YouTube. So anything LNH Studios, like the best thing that could help us is really just like, subscribing to our podcasts by searching lnh studios on uh spotify apple and just rating us um yeah it's just so tough to get out of like the joe rogan noise you know like it's kind of just taking up the entire comedy conversation and there's not really room for any other comedy it appears (laughs) oh yeah that can be really tough you know those yeah because like i have a i have a very uh like, I have a mixed thing. Like, I have a lot of respect for him as a comedian and as, like, just being a successful person and, like, everything that he's done. But, like, he's not my, like, you know, favorite comedian. And uh, I like a lot of the people that he's friends with, the comedians that he's close with, are, like, those are the comedians I like. But, yeah, it can be very tough because people have, and that's the thing now with comedy, is people have their expectation of, what comedy is so you always have to live up to what that is and try and find the best way to do your comedy yeah for sure and i feel like with you like you've done that like uh, i mean i watched all your stuff and i was just like you know it seemed like uh a lot of your stuff was at uh was it rhino in new york yeah did a lot, a lot of stuff at rhino comedy yeah i saw that and i was like oh that's a lot it seemed like you had like a good like following there yeah no uh i did a lot of improv there so then when i would do stand-up it would also be a lot of fun for sure and it was definitely like a more alt room for sure right yeah i've heard about it it. was yeah we've been meaning to go there but i just haven't been able to go there so uh now books a lot of local comedians yeah very club thank you so much man for doing this and uh you know if you ever have like anything new coming out like an album or anything new with your podcast that you want to promote just hit me up and i'll have you back on oh cool thank you so much appreciate it if you ever want to get high uh come on sessions with mary jane (laughs) love to have you uh see what it's like (laughs) okay uh bye have a good weekend